Father, I thank you this morning that we realize and that we open our eyes and see that the battle belongs to you. And Father, I just thank you, Father God, for giving us your wisdom and your strength and your guidance, your power and your anointing. Through your word, Lord, we thank you for that this morning. Lord, I just lift up every person that's going through some challenging thing this morning. Some things are more worse than others. And sometimes there's just more than one thing that's pushing. And I just pray that we would learn to give it to you, Father. I pray peace for them. I pray joy. I pray understanding. And I thank you, Lord. I pray victory for them, Lord. And we give you all the praise and the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. This morning we're talking about strongholds. I'm sure some of you say, well, I don't know what that is, but we're going to find out what a stronghold is. And, and it, um, I want to, um, really, that's not supposed to be up there, but anyway, sorry. I don't know how that happened. Um... First of all, I ask you a question. What are strongholds? What do you think? You know, when, when I just not too long ago did my um, sermon on um, God's armor, armor that we put on, there's a little part of that that talks about strongholds. And, and um, I, I just want to bring something out that, that, you know, I used Rick Renner's book on that and what he says about strongholds, and then I'm going to go on. But, you know, he said that the word stronghold comes from the Greek word ochiroma. It, is, it says it's one of the oldest words in the New Testament and was originally used to describe a fortress. By New Testament times, the same word depicted a prison. And he says a more accurate rendering of this word would be to the pulling down of fortresses. Or you could even translate it to the pulling down of prisons. Both of these are correct and convey two powerful messages to us about strongholds. And the, Web, the Webster says it's a fortress or fortified place. And that's from Rick, Reynolds, Rick, Rick Renner's book, Dressed to Kill. So strongholds, in Old Testament times, a lot of times it talked about when we look in the Old Testament, a lot of times it talked about um, these as fortresses as, um, let me give you a definition, a fortified dwelling used as a means of protection from an enemy. So there are two kinds of strongholds. I'm going to hit on this a little bit, then I want to talk about the other type. But a, a, a fortified dwelling used as a means of protection from an enemy. And I'm going to read 1 Samuel 23, 14. David now stayed in the strongholds of the wilderness in the hill country of Ziph. Saul hunted him day after day, but God didn't let Saul find him. So this was a fortress. This was a place, a fortress, a place of protection. So, and we're talking about in our, you know, our strongholds, most of the time, like I'm talking about in our minds. And we have different places of strongholds. And a stronghold in your mind, a fortress, they're two different kinds. You know, when we talk about 
the, the other strongholds in a moment, we need to turn them into this kind of stronghold. We, in other words, we need to get rid of them, and we need to have fortresses set up in our mind that protects us against the onslaught of the enemy, the words of the enemy, the words of other people, the, the, the circumstances that happen from destroying who we are. We need to have that place of protection, that place that, that we hold. And we know when, when other things pop up, this place of protection says, no, no, you can't get there. You can't get in there and destroy that um, confidence, that, that's, that, that groundedness in God's word. The enemy can't penetrate that. It says that God, as as. David was protected from Saul. So we are protected. If we have those fortresses built up, we are protected from the onslaught of the enemy. We're protected from those things coming in our mind, taking our mind over, making us just so despaired, so down, so defeated. And I'll tell you, I'm just going to put a little injection right here. <laughs> over the last year, Things have been different and tough. But I want to tell you something. And, and I'm talking to Image Church right here. I expect you to be standing strong. Because I feel like if you're not, then I'm not doing my job of giving you standing strong. And I see people that every little thing, they don't come, not, not, not because of the virus. I'm talking about every little thing that happens. Well, we can't come today, so so-and-so don't feel good or whatever. Listen. We got to rise up, and if we're not, if we're not an example of, of of pressing through those things, then who is? And I, you know, I see people they can't come to church. I don't know why I'm getting, somebody needs to hear this. I guess maybe I need to hear it. I don't know, but they can't come to church. But they can go everywhere else. Throw what you want to. But everywhere else is, and you know what's happening in this day and time? I see thing after thing after thing after thing, and, 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 I, and I see kids uh, scattering. And, and, but, but when everything, and I know some people in the last little couple of years that have totally quit coming to the house of God, quit going to church, quit doing all this, but, oh, well, we can't come this day or this day, but we can go to this and this and this because it's more important. What are we teaching our children? What are we teaching this generation coming up? That church is an option that's, that's only when you feel like it. But everything else in life is more important. Right? Some of you say right. Some of you want to throw the, there's some big offering buckets here if you want to use one there. Hopefully you can't throw it that far. And, and you know, maybe, and I'm probably preaching to the choir, but there, you know, you can, there's people online that hopefully. I'm just saying, you want to know why you're defeated? Because you don't get in fellowship. Fellowship is very important. Hebrews 10, I believe it's 25, that says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. There's a reason for that. There's strength in numbers. There's strength in getting together with the brethren and the cistern. The cistern, that's a good one. I ain't heard that in a long time. <laughs> 
There's something about getting together with other people of like faith that builds up your faith, that gives you the strength to say, you know what? I'm going forward. I'm going on. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going forward. I'm standing strong. You know what? If there's something going on, my notes might not be any good this morning. But you know what? You can't stand when, when you don't have that thing on the inside of you. And some of you may say, well, you just don't know what I'm going through. I don't. Sometimes, some people I know what they're going through. Some I don't. But I'm saying it's time to stand up, right? It's time for we, us to stand up and say, you know what? You know what's really something to me is like when, when God gives, when I got a sermon like this or anything like this, it's like Satan's going. He's tried to hit me this week and it's been a long, tired week for me. I told Peggy the other day, I think I've been about a month that I don't know of a day I've had that I really didn't have something to do. Some of you say, well, join the club. I do that all the time. Yeah, I understand that. But there's all kind of little things that the enemy has tried to hit me with. But you know what? He don't know who he's messing with. Because he's messing with my Jesus. He ain't a messing with me. He is, but he ain't. And he only gets the ground that I allow him to have. We got to realize that where we stand in Christ and who we are in Christ. And he only gets the, the stuff that we allow him to have, right? It's just like, if, okay, you got a house and say you had five acres of land. And your neighbor on the right and on the left and on the back, he ain't going to do it in the front much because you're right at the road and you ain't got no stuff. But they keep inching. You don't even know it, but they keep inching over and inching over and putting their stuff and putting their stuff. And then they put in their stuff and they put in their stuff. And you're like, why are they putting their stuff there? And you don't really want to say that. I don't want to cause a problem. Well, the next thing you know, you got a half acre of land. And they got squatter's rights because they've been there so long. And that's just what the enemy will do. And that's what he wants to do. What's well, so say? He wants to get up in your stuff. He wants to mess you up. He wants to mess you up. He wants you to quit fighting. He wants you to back down. He wants you to form strongholds in your mind that control you. You know those little strongholds will control you if you allow them to? But see, we need to te be tearing down these type of strongholds in our life. So the first part of it, as I said, a fortress is a place of protection. So there, we need to be putting God's word into our hearts, into our minds, and we need to be making that so impregnated in who we are that 
the fortress builds up, the walls build up, and nothing can change that. Nothing can change that thinking. Nothing can change that way in your heart. And some people won't like it. Some Christians won't like it. But guess what? It doesn't matter. We stand against that stuff. A place of protection. 2 Corinthians, I want to read this. So we talked about a place of protection. We talked about a fortress. And now I want to go into the rest of it. The other strongholds that pull us down and tear us apart. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, right? But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the, um, and that's in the New King James. In the New Living, it says, we use God's mighty weapons. What do we use to fight this with? God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons. We don't use our worldly ways of thinking to combat this. We use God's weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Paul is speaking to the Christians. He said, look, we, we, we capture those thoughts. In other words, we, we um, have insight to those thoughts that they have and we teach them to change and to obey Christ, not to obey the world or our worldly feelings, our worldly thoughts. And all this, I want to keep this before you, is that we all do this by using God's weapons. The weapons of the word of God. And I, you say, well, it's just not working out. Look, you just keep on keeping on. Because there's a day of coming. You say, what's that a day of coming mean? Well, that might be a southern thing. I don't know what it is, but there's a day coming. Teach them to obey Christ. So let's go back to the word stronghold, and let's look at it in the perspective that most of the New Testament has in that prison thing. It's a thing that keeps you captive. So Paul says that strongholds are speculations or Lofty things raised up against what? The knowledge of God. They're raised up against the knowledge. In other words, these are these worldly thinkings, these teachings, these, these things that are come from the enemy and from the world that, 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 that go against what God says. They go against God's word and God's, the knowledge of God. And, it, and what these strongholds are, they're, they're, they're basically any type of thinking that exalts itself above the knowledge of God. See, we as a human race have become so intelligent that we think we know way better than God. How fooled are we? God said in the Old Testament, he said that my ways are higher than your ways. 
You know what? God has had me to do some things in ways that I'm like, that makes no sense. He said, yeah, but that's my way. That makes no sense. You know what? And you never give up. You never back off of what God has said. And you know how many times? <laughs> Over the last 22 years, no, let me add three more years to that. What's that, 24 years? Since, since we started this church, and you know, we've started in Monroe, and then we moved here, and then we changed names, and, and I did not know the full picture when I became a part of, of starting this church. I had no idea what God had in store. If I had, I might have ran. <laughs> really, seriously, there's times I wanted to. But you know what? In this whole time, there have been so many times, this whole thing of, of us coming to the place that we are now, I've seen God do things, and there's been times I'm like, oh, Lord. You know, it's like, can we just speed up things a little bit? But God's timing is perfect. It's perfect. See, when we, when we have these places, these, this thinking, the, these strongholds that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, what we're doing is we're giving the enemy a secure place for him to form a fortress. For him to get a stronghold. And when something happens, he says, oh, I know where that's at. I know what gets him. I know what gets her. I'll just. You ever had that person around you that just seems to know where to stick the needle? Seems to know where. You know, I used to have a friend in high school would come up to you and stick his finger. Do I irritate you? I was like, yes. I'm not going to tell you what happened to him, but. After a while. But see, the enemy wants to get into our thought life. That's, listen, guys, that's where the battle is. This flesh, yeah, we have things happen, but the battle is right here. It's what we do with those things that happen, it's how we go forward. So let me give you a little definition. What a, a stronghold is. It's a type of thinking that exalts itself above the knowledge of God, thereby giving the devil a secure place of influence in the individual's thought life. So anything that comes above the knowledge of God, well, that makes no sense. Well, you know, God says to give 10% and to give above. Well, I know better than that. That makes no sense to me. Right? In the flesh, it makes no sense. Well, God, I, I don't even have enough to do this or to do that. Well, I'll just tell you again, as I've told you before, and I'm not pushing for you to, for an offering. I'm just saying that I know in my own life, when I started doing what God said to do, God started releasing those things. And you think the enemy don't hit that every once in a while? Yeah. But guess what? 
makes me just do a little more. And I see God do more. I want to read um, an excerpt out of a book from Francis Frangipane. I think that's, I, I don't know if that's the exact way to say it. He's been around longer than me. Says, what men call salvation is simply the first stage of God's plan for our lives. You ever thought about that? What men, listen to what he said, what men call salvation is the first stage of God's plan for our lives, which is to conform us in character and power to the image of Jesus Christ. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many areas within us to remain unchanged. Think about, think about what was just said. Pulling down strongholds in the demolition and removal of these old ways of thinking so that the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifested. Listen to that. If we fail to see our relationship to God as such, in other words, past salvation we're not not here for for salvation we just don't get saved and okay we're saved let's just go forward and we got that little salvation thing over here stuck in the corner we got our ticket so let's just go with it but that's not the purpose of what God is doing. He wants to change you, change the way you think, change the way you, you, you look at things, change the way that you are. And he says, if we fail to see our relationship to God as such, we will allow too many errors within us to remain unchanged. Why should I change? God loves me and forgives me. Why should I change? Well, there are lots of reasons that you change. There's lots of reasons that you change your life and change the way you think. There's lots of reasons in my life that I had to change what I was doing and why I was doing it and how I was doing it. Because I was headed for destruction of the flesh. Mind you, the spirit man was saved, but I was headed for destruction. Why not be able to live as fulfilled a life here on this earth as you can? And that's only through Jesus Christ can you live a real fulfilled life. So here we are. We don't want to change these things. Well, what does it matter? It's okay. You know, it's kind of like we just add Jesus to the little list. You know, Jesus, yeah, I got Jesus. Has he changed you? Yeah, I got Jesus. Does anybody see change? Does anybody see that? I like the last part he says. Pulling down strongholds is the demolition and removal of these old ways of thinking so that the actual presence of Jesus Christ can be manifested. And I'm going to put on there, in your life. It's only when we change those things that the presence of God is manifested and people would see and feel the presence of God in you. They see the difference. Romans 6, 6, and this is in the Passion, says, Could it be any clearer that our former identity is now and forever deprived of its power? For we were co-crucified with him to dismantle the stronghold of sin within us, so that we would not continue to live one moment longer submitted to sin's power. This is what salvation is about, guys. This is what salvation is about. 
changing our former identity. That's who I used to be. You know, you probably had people come up and say, well, you're not like you were when I knew you. Praise God. A lot of people said that, praise God, he, who he used to be. We're, we're, our identity, I love it, is now and forever deprived of its power. When we let Jesus take over, when we begin to change our way of thinking, when we begin to tear these fortresses or these strongholds down against us and form new strongholds, good strongholds of God and his word, new fortresses that protect us, then the power of who we used to be or what we used to be is being deprived. It's being pushed to the back. You know, if um, I'll give you a little electricity lesson. But do you know that in this church building, if I take, and you probably don't even know what a number 12 wire is, but a number 12 wire is usually with the size, well, nowadays they use 14. I won't talk about what I think about that. But a number 12 wire will only handle so much amperage. And guess what? The longer you stretch it out, the further you go. The, the, if you start at 120 volts, it goes, hmm, hmm, hmm. And, it, and the voltage will finally just about go away. Well, guess what? Whatever's on the other end of it that you're trying to power is going to be so deprived, it won't handle it. So this building has wires about that big around coming into it. Probably 500 MCM, something like that maybe. Um, I don't remember. I've been... But what I'm trying to tell you is that so if we cut off the power source and we begin to get further and further and further and further away from that old self, guess what? That power gets less and less and less and less. And the reason that it says that we were co-crucified with Christ and the reason Christ was crucified so he could dismantle those strongholds of sin so that he could tear them down tear down those old strongholds that held us up that keeps us separated from him and i want to tell you i don't care who you are i don't care how young you are or how old you are it, your life will never be fulfilled until you accept christ and you begin to do these things you want to um You want to miss out on some heartache, and there'll be things that happen to you, but I said, do you want to miss out on some heartaches in life? Then you start living for God now. Because there's things that you would have done in the flesh that you won't do because you've pulled away from this thing, and you begin to do other things, and there'll be things that happen, but there'll be things that won't happen because you've changed. You know, I've heard somebody say one time, yeah, but I'll be deprived of ever knowing what it was to do this or to, to, to say get drunk or whatever. Well, guess what? It ain't no big thing. It ain't good. 
it's better to not have even done. You know, I had one guy a long time. I don't think he ever, I know he did, but he was the kind of guy like, have you ever done anything wrong? I mean, really. And you, you cross, you know, you dot all your I's and cross all your T's. You do this and you're just such a goody two-shoes. But he's done things. But what I'm saying is, he said, but I don't miss none of that because I never did it. I was like, shucks, you messed me up. <laughs> so we got to learn that we have to, to, to it's not just four, three words or four words or five words. It's not so, I, just, I accept Christ. There has to be a change. There needs to be a change. And we don't just, well, from that point forward, we need to begin to learn how to tear down the strongholds in our life, the things that hold us back. And listen, it won't necessarily happen overnight. There's some strongholds I've been working on for, you know what, they're getting better and better and better, but they're not totally there. There are some things that are gone that I, I don't have no thought about. But there are other things that keep popping up. And I have, if I don't know what to do when they pop up, guess what? They're going to keep popping up and they're going to get bigger and bigger. It's like they were talking about weeds this morning. If you don't know what to do with weeds, they're going to take over. You know, it's, it's something about grass versus weeds. Weeds just don't care what's going on. They're going to grow. Seems like, right? And they were, Darren and Kevin were talking. Darren said, so sometimes you just got to go get your trash can, sit out there, and pull them up one by one. Get the whole root. So that's the truth. Those things in our lives, we need to be able to pull them up and pull them up by the... Make sure you get the roots. Because if you just break the top of it off, you know what, and these poisons that you buy to kill them that says it kills the root i don't believe it it might for a little while but it seems to come back so we got to get rid of sin's power and sin's hold over us those strongholds that take us down this guy named Ed Savoso, don't know him, but he, he said a stronghold as a mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept something that we know is contrary to the will of God. This is a, a definition of a stronghold. A mindset impregnated with hopelessness that causes us to accept something that we know is contrary to the will of God. You know, it's something to... Um, those things that were in the past, but when you know that they're contrary to the will of God and, you, God and you're accepting it, that's a big stronghold. And, and see, there's little places that we allow things to come in that we, want, we, we knew it was contrary to God's word, but we, let, we allowed it to happen anyway. We allowed it to come in to our lives. We allowed it to change our lives. So these fortresses that in the Old Testament that was talked about where we were protected 
And, you know, there were strongholds that were good strongholds. There were strongholds that protected us, that God protected us. And, and we need to build those things in our lives now. But strongholds can, in the New Testament, brings on the connotation, and Paul talks about more of a prison. You know what the definition of a prison is? A state of confinement or captivity. It doesn't mean you're in a prison, but it's a state. It's a place where you're at. I don't like prisons. I've visited prisons. The worst prison I ever visited was in Chinandega, Nicaragua. If we had to go to that prison, you probably would never do anything wrong the rest of your life. Those of you who went know. In the hottest place in, that I know of, that I've ever been to, and these people are in there on a cement slab with no mattress, no pillow, didn't need a, I don't know why I'd think about a blanket in there. No fans, open bar windows, and not a lot of food. Most people bring, have to bring them food. This is, this, that was a prison, guys. Don't want to go there, don't want to be there. Don't want to be a prisoner. So there's parts of our life that we don't want to be prisons to. We don't want to have that stronghold in our life. I don't want to be that person that allows that thing to control me to such that it's a prison for me. It's something I can't get out of. It's something that, I, that I, I'm in, and it's a horrible place. So we have to start working on these strongholds and start building good strongholds, good fortresses, That keeps things, prison keeps you confined. The good fortresses that we talked about keeps things from getting you. You're confined in a sense, but they, they can't penetrate. You know, in some of the sci-fi movies, you know, they have force shields. You've watched them, Star Wars, Star Trek, whatever, you've seen those and they're shooting guns, and they're just pew, 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 pew. They can't penetrate. That's what we need in our life. We need to be in a place where we are not and cannot be penetrated in certain areas of our life. And I believe that you can build up a stronghold in your life, and if you continue in the Word and you continue to pray and you continue to stand on it, when that thing comes against you, you will not succumb to it. You won't be pulled back into that place. But if you allow a weak spot in that, then there can be penetration into that. And you know what? You could get back into that stronghold. So I want to go back to what this guy Ed Silvoso had to say. A stronghold is a mindset impregnated with hopelessness. Those who don't know Jesus are hopeless. Those who have, there's a mindset of hopelessness. 
You ever been around somebody that they're always hopeless? Their mind is always hopeless. They're always in this mindset of hopelessness. It's sad. It's very, very sad. It's kind of like the, the, the um, you know, and the reason for that is where is your hope built upon? Remember the old song, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. That's where my hope is. That's why no matter, I can say I'm not afraid because no matter what happens to me, I'm with him. As Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I don't go out and try to do stupid things that will get me killed, but I'm not afraid of death. Because I know where I'm going to be. I know who I'm going to be with. I know what my future is. And it excites me. I'm going to, um, next week I'm going to get into where, where strongholds come from and some faith principles to overcome them. And um, you know, if we, especially if we as Christians will realize who we are in Christ and how that we build our lives upon him, then he gives us hope. He gives us strength. He gives us power to face every day. You know, anything what's, the, what, what's that saying? I think Peggy said that to me. I think it was Peggy the other day. Anything in motion stays in motion. And when we slow down, we decide, you know what, I'm going to sit back. I ain't going to do anything. When we get older, we can't move. Right? But if I feel like if I stay in motion, I can keep moving. That's why I don't stop doing things. Yeah, does it hurt sometimes? Yeah. Do I bend down to pick something up sometimes and say, oh, me? Yes. But that don't stop me from picking it up. And if I keep as many muscles working as I can, guess what? I'm going to keep being able to use that muscle. You know, my, as I told you about my dad, he'll be 91 in July. He doesn't stop moving. He said, I'm not sitting up in the house. The other day I was looking and I think he, his he has this big bank that's about this tall and it goes at an angle it's about from here to the back of the church and I was, Peggy said you know you need to go out there and weed eat for them, that for him I was like yeah the next day I come by and guess what he's already done it which I tell him wait till I'm there at least let me be around somewhere in case you but he won't stop and that's why he's still going I believe because he don't stop 
So this week, I want you to think about what I've talked about today and about fortresses that protect us and, and strongholds. And next week, we're going to talk about these strongholds and talk about how we can get rid of them, how we can break them down, and how we can form good strongholds in our life, good fortresses that can't be penetrated by the flesh and the things of the world and, and the enemy. Amen. Let's stand up. You know, we all have opinions and we all have things that we say and we have all these things and opinions come a dime a dozen. You know, it's exciting to watch God do things in people's lives. And I... Um, I, you know, I thought about yesterday of the, in the last couple of years of weddings I've been a part of. This, Brett and Zaria did it right. They really did. They honored God through their whole seven years. I didn't really realize it had been seven years since they've been dead. They honored God. They gave him the glory yesterday. You know, in this day and time, we need to give God the glory. Parents, you need to be strong for your children. And yes, you can seemingly do everything you know to do and they still choose because it's, they have free will. And when they do that, what do we do? We don't back off. We just stand strong. We pray and watch God do something in their lives. I've done that in my family. I've watched God do some awesome things. In my family I mean when you didn't understand you didn't know you were going through a time where you were like man and I'll just say that there's one of them standing about there playing the keyboard that God did some awesome working he was a lot like me unfortunately I wonder how that happened You know, I was thankful this morning for God in my life and in your lives. And I just want to thank you guys, all of you, for just being faithful. Not to me, but faithful to God. You know, we have differences and differences of opinion sometimes. But ultimately... We go to, we, we're serving God, we go to Him. And I'm just so thankful for what God has done and what He's doing and what He's getting ready to do in and through us. Because see, I believe there's going to be such pressure on people that they're going to have to run to God. They're going to have to run to somewhere and we better be ready for them. We better be ready for them. We as Christians, we as a church, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I, I, if you're here this morning, if you online, I'll, I'm going to pray, but if there's something, not necessarily a strong one, maybe it is, but there's something in your life that you're pressing through 
and you just want me to agree with you, I want to ask you to come up. I want to pray for you. If you want to stand in for somebody, come up and stand in for somebody that's pressing through some stuff. They don't know, but I want to pray for you this morning. <laughs> so we have to come to the realization of who Christ is in our life. Come to the realization of, hey, this whole thing of God's got this thing. You know, I've had somebody tell me, well, you're just too positive. I don't think you can be too positive. Peggy, would you come up here and just stand in for somebody? I'll tell you later. You might know. God's working. God's working. And he wants to continue working. And I don't care what it is, nothing's too hard for my God. Nothing's too tough. I say we need to press into him more and more. Get excited about him and what he has in store for us. Not, you know, if, we, if our trust is in this world and in this country, I got news for you, you're in trouble. My trust is in him and him alone. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So everybody bow the head, stretch your hands this way towards the camera for those of you out there that need prayer. Just stand where you are. Father, I just thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, I pray for God for all that you're doing and all that you're doing in Tiff's life and, Father, what you have in store for her. Give her wisdom and guidance and everything that she needs. And Lord, just whatever she's standing, if she's standing in for somebody or if it's for herself, whatever it is, Lord, we just ask you to just show her, Father God, what she needs to do. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you for John and Charlotte. I thank you for their family, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are looking forward to seeing victory in every area, Lord. I pray for those that are grieving, Lord, that you, you give them strength, you give them peace. You give them joy. And, Lord, everything else that's going on, Lord, God wants you to know he, he's, he's there. He's there. And don't ever give up. Don't ever back off because he is doing work that you don't even know about. He is doing work, that, and you might not be the one that can reach who needs to be reached, but he can, and he'll send somebody in their path. Father, I just thank you. Give peace in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for those that, for the one that Peggy's standing in for. It's more than one. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that you just give us wisdom in the area of our life that we need wisdom, Lord, and give us peace and let us be the example that we need to be. Lord, I just thank you, Lord Jesus, that peace would flood Peggy right now, Father God. Lord, that the heartaches that might be there, that are there, Lord, that they just be released. <laughs> Power be released, love be released, wisdom, wisdom be released. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for peace and joy and understanding and the right words to speak. Lord, I, I know that Marianne is feeling that there are places where she's wanted to speak and she's kind of been 
I've tried to speak. I've wanted to speak. And some things I've tried to say haven't been heard. But I want you to know, God said, there have been seeds planted. And because of your confidence and your faithfulness and your boldness, there are seeds planted. And you're going to start seeing the results of those seeds. You're going to start seeing the results of that. And he said, don't back off. Don't back off. Don't back off. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for Celia. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for those that she's standing in for, Lord, that you know everything, you know what's going on, and, Lord, that, that, that you give her peace and wisdom and guidance and understanding, Father God, to speak what needs to be speak, spoken, Lord, to say what needs to be said, and, Lord, to do it in love and do it your way. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I just lift Robert up to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus what you're doing in his life and continuing to do. And you know, God wants you to know, don't listen to junk. Don't listen to what some people say. God says, I got you. I got this thing, and you are where I've called you to be. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You are right there in the midst of my will right now, and you just continue to press on. You continue to do what you need to do. And, Lord, I just lift up his family to you. I lift up. Uh, Obi to you and I thank you for touching and healing his body Lord in Jesus name I thank you for touching every family member that he has Lord and Lord that he's going to see that he's going to be a witness to them through this whole thing the Lord says don't get ahead of yourself don't get ahead of me listen to me I'll tell you what to say and when to say it keep peace Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lord, I lift up Tiffany to you. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for her faithfulness to you. And, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that whatever is going on, whatever she needs peace about, Lord, that you give her peace. Whatever she needs wisdom about, you give her wisdom. Whatever she needs strength about, you give her strength, Lord. You give her the words to say and, and the boldness to do it, Lord, and the boldness to do it, Lord. And, Father God, those places that she needs to tweak and pick up and, 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 and the strongholds that, that she's been coming against, Lord, they're going to come down. They're going to come down. They're going to come down. Thank you, Father God. Lord, you continue to give her wisdom and guidance, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that you are touching. You are healing. I just pray for healing, Lord Jesus, in Jesus' name. I pray for peace. The Lord wants you to know that this move you've just made was in his plan all along. And you're going to see an increase, an increase of things that you're able to do and able to say and able to touch people's lives with. You're going to be a witness to your family that you haven't been able to be in the past because the Lord wants you to know he's stepping it up. He's bringing you peace and he's bringing you joy and wisdom in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you this morning. I want to pray for all those out there that are standing, Lord, whatever it is in their life, Lord, that you just touch them, Lord. Strongholds be broken. Peace, wisdom, guidance, and strength. Lord, I just lift up all those 
that are sick. Ray, would you come up and stand in for Pat? I just really feel like Pam and Allison. I just want to just pray for both of them. You know, Pat's dealt with all this stuff, and I just pray for peace. I pray for healing. I pray him for your shoulder too, brother. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for my brother. I thank you for his love for you, his love for his family. Lord, if anybody ever is an example of love for family, it's my brother, Ray. So, Lord, I lift Pat up to you, and I pray that you would touch her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet, that you don't allow her mind to be defeated. You don't allow anything, Lord, that she would be able to, to, to stand up and, and say, you know what, my God is my God. No matter what's going on, my God is my God. And you would give her peace, and you would give her strength. And, Lord, I lift Allison up to you, and I just pray you would touch her right now, where, whatever, wherever she's at, whatever she's doing, whatever she's thinking. Lord, that you just bring peace to her mind. And, Lord, that you, give, you send the right people across her path, and you give, continue to give Ray wisdom and guidance. Lord, I lift Ray up to you. I lift his shoulder up to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that, 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 that you guide the hands of those doctors, Lord, that it's done and it's done right. And, Lord, that Ray will listen to what the doctors have to say. And he'll do what they say so healing comes quickly. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's got this. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, God's got some new and exciting stuff for some of you guys out here. I really feel like some things you thought you wouldn't be doing, you'll be doing. And some things you thought you couldn't do, you will be doing. You know what? God can change your heart. He can change your mind. He can enhance the talents you have, and he can give you new talents. Sometimes it's just by you have to have that talent or, you know, things come along. And somebody asks me sometimes, can you do that? I said, sure, I'll try And some of you are facing some things that's kind of like, it's good and it's not good. I know this is going to happen, and I know that things are going to change around my home. But God wants you to know there's peace. God wants you to know, as Ray just said, God's got this thing. So I just pray that you have a good, blessed week, a blessed day. We don't have anything till next Sunday. Well, I'm going to tell you about the, the men's gathering. I almost said something, but I'm not going to say it right now. Um, have a blessed week, a blessed day. I love all of you. Father, in Jesus' name, bless every person, Father God, within the sound of my voice, and I give you all the praise and the glory and honor in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen.
just uh, really quickly, the men will have our skeet shoot.